Welcome to another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We have a jam-packed program here for you today. Will Ferrell, the star of Megamind, the DreamWorks animation motion picture that hits a theater near you on November 5th. The very funny Will Ferrell will join us on the program. I'm going to have to ask him about Anchorman and, of course, one of the funniest skits of all time on Saturday Night Live, the uh, the cowbell sketch, uh, needing more cowbell, which I think this podcast needs, so I'm glad Will Ferrell is going to join us. Heinz Ward, the Super Bowl MVP of the Pittsburgh Steelers, will join us fresh off that loss in the Superdome on Sunday night. Really, uh... uh no disappointment, really, in losing to the defending Super Bowl champs on the road. But I want to ask Heinz Ward about the crowd noise issues that it seemed like the Steelers had in that game. And, uh, of course, they've got a big game this coming Monday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Heinz Ward, one of the, the hardest-hitting wide receivers in the history of the league, will join us on this podcast. Week 8 in the NFL, the latest example, if we needed any refresher, that the NFL is the greatest soap opera, best reality show, on television. Randy Moss cut Donovan McNabb benched the Dallas Cowboys having a nail sealing their coffin at one and six. And I'm making you this vow here, folks. The Dallas Cowboys will not be discussed on this podcast again unless two things happen. Wade Phillips gets fired or the Cowboys somehow pull their act together and get within two games under 500. Other than that, I understand they're the most popular team in the league in many people's minds. I understand they've got a big stadium. I understand that they've got a lot of stars. I understand all of that. What they are is a 1-6 in six football team. And we're not sitting here talking about any other 1-6 in six teams. I'm not sitting here and spending an entire segment on the winless Buffalo Bills. So why should I do that on the Dallas Cowboys? I think I'm lending voice to a lot of fans out there in the NFL when I say that. That said, Randy Moss getting cut, even by a 2-5 and five team, that is one big, fat, juicy piece of red steak for us in the national media. And the Shanahan family should thank Brad Childress for that, because otherwise their shocking late-game benching of Donovan McNabb would be story number one, two, and three to be discussed in the NFL this week. And the Redskins have a bye week. We'd be chewing on this for 15 straight days, because their next game is Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. For Mike Shanahan to bench Donovan McNabb and say after the game on Sunday it was because uh, he didn't really run the two-minute drill nearly as effectively or know it as well as a guy like Rex Grossman who had been in the system in Houston last year. That was mind-blowing. And then on Monday to say that McNabb was hurt, now he's bringing up the fact that McNabb was hurt and uh, at one point mentioning he didn't perhaps have the cardiovascular endurance, saying that, that him being hurt and not running the two-minute drill as effectively as they'd like and also not running it since two weeks before, that along with the cardiovascular endurance, it really didn't pass the smell test in the NFL. And we'll talk about that in the Hot Topic segment with uh, the Worm, Jason Wormser, and Bardius Shireas, the producer of NFL Game Day Highlights Final and the Thursday night kickoff pre- and post-game show. He's the producer of that, and we're going to go on the road in a couple weeks. We'll talk about all that with with uh, with Bardia and the Worm later on in this podcast. Uh, but let's talk about the Randy Moss situation a bit here. And uh, it took a whole new twist on Tuesday with Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports reporting that part of Brad Childress's 
mindset in suddenly releasing Randy Moss may have had to do with a locker room incident on Friday in which a local catering outfit, sort of a mom-and-pop operation that was invited into the locker room to feed lunch to the team on Friday, Randy Moss apparently was beyond rude to the caterer who was serving out the food. An expletive-laden sort of diatribe about the quality of the grub uh, made for an ugly moment. And apparently that had something to do with his release, certainly after a Sunday performance in his return to New England in which Moss had a, a, a potential reception right there, a touchdown catch right there. Uh, he was interfered with, but uh, it didn't really prevent Moss from catching the ball. That may have also come into play, certainly after the game Randy Moss took to the podium and didn't take questions, but went on a soliloquy, a, a love sonnet, people are sort of calling it, to uh, to the New England Patriots. Give a listen to this. Uh, let me hold it down. All right. I really haven't had a chance to to, to really talk to the guys, so this is no disrespect to the Minnesota Vikings and their organization. Uh, the captains, uh, Will Fork, Tommy Boy, Mayo, uh, am I forgetting somebody? Kevin Falk. Man, I missed I, I missed them guys, man. I, I missed the team. Uh, it was hard for me to come here and play. Um, it's been up and down roller coaster emotionally all week. Um, and then to be able to, to come in here and see those guys, you know, running plays that, you know, I know what they're doing and the success they had on the field, the running game. Uh, so I kind of know what type of feeling they have in their locker room, man. And, you know, I just want to be able to tell the guys that, you know, I missed the hell out of them. Uh, every every last helmet in that locker room, man. And, uh, you know, if you're a member of the Vikings and you hear how much he misses the New England Patriots, and you, you you hear that, maybe some of them are thinking, well, then go play for him. Maybe that's what Brad Childress thought, too. And then this is all in the heels of Friday, where he made them all beyond uncomfortable with his behavior in, in the locker room towards uh, uh, a, a member of the community. And I don't want to pile on Randy Moss, even though it sounds like I I mean, the guy, every time I meet him, couldn't be the more more gracious, more kind, and it's not just because I'm a member of the national media. I mean, I have seen him with fans at the Patriot kickoff dinner, not this past year, but the three previous years. He couldn't have been more incredible. My nephews, Jack and Sam, go to that every year. He he didn't even know they were my nephews. He he talked to them. He got down on a knee to chat with them at their eye level and and take pictures with them, and he signed autographs for everybody in that room. So he's smart enough to know that he's doing something for the community. He's definitely got the gracious aspect in there with him. This boorish behavior that everyone's talking about, uh, I think our production staff is actually efforting to get the caterer on the phone from Tanucci's Restaurant and Catering in St. Paul, Minnesota, as uh, as the 15 minutes of fame seem to have found this caterer. But right now, let's let's turn to the phones before Heinz Ward and before Will Farrell to talk to uh, the reporter who brought this all to light on Tuesday. 
So let's sink our teeth into this Moss story a little bit more. With I guess that uh, a pun intended, since there seems to be a, a lunch, a catered lunch that uh, might have uh, helped grease the skids of this surprising Randy Moss release this week from the Minnesota Vikings. And the man who reported that first on Yahoo Sports columnist Mike Silver joins me here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Uh, Mike, uh, this story that... Uh, that uh, you put out there about Randy Moss's behavior off the field. Wh- how much do you think this really uh, played into the idea of Brad Childress just getting him out the door? Well, I think it did play a huge role. Now, with that said, let's qualify it. If Randy Moss were setting the world ablaze on the field, I, I think we both know that you know the- these situations would be dealt with a lot more forgivingly. But it's such a weird backdrop there. There's so much tension between Brad Childress and Brett Favre and such a sense that they are all in to win this year. And the Moss trade obviously played into that. And, uh, you know, so he's not putting up big numbers, though he is drawing double teams. You had a situation last Friday. I mean, Rich, I don't know about you. What, what do you do when, you don't, when the food is not to your satisfaction, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the workplace? <laughs> well, one, one, year, one year they went out and got tacos for lunch, and I was very upset about it. And, uh, and I actually said something about it to my producer, and they have made me regret it. For the last five years, anytime we talk about, hey, what are we going for lunch? And uh, Rich wants tacos, don't you, Rich? You know, and so yeah. And I'll bet you loudly uh, went to the establishment that made the tacos uh, and loudly. So, so you know, this is what happened. So, uh, you know, this is what happened. Randy just complained loudly as to what happened. Um, well, it's not, it's not just complaining. It's you know, I, I think. Randy made a spectacle where he went out of his way to demean and really humiliate these restaurateurs who had come into the Vikings locker room as per custom on Friday. You know, the team brings different people in, mm-hmm. and they had you know they had a carving station set up. They're trying to bring their A game. I'm sure it's a it's a big deal for them. And uh, you know, to have a guy screaming at the top of his lungs, I wouldn't feed this food to my dog. I mean, it just this is know, what it, happened it, last Friday. Is what you're saying? This is what yeah. This is what uh, witnesses have told me happened last Friday in the locker room. And you know, and players and support staff members were cringing. It wasn't funny. It wasn't uh, you know, Moss wasn't picking on uh, you know another player or Brad Childress. He was picking on you know a mom-and-pop restaurant. So, uh, you know, they just took that as a sign that, you know, Randy's entitled and he, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily conduct himself with, you know, the, the kind of behavior you'd you'd want in the workplace. And then, you know, not insignificantly on Sunday after they suffered a, a very crushing loss, you had him not in response to questions but basically doing a monologue after the game in which he – uh, you know, question coaching strategy suggested that they hadn't listened to his input uh, to their detriment and uh, basically uh, composed a love sonnet to Bill Belichick of the Patriots. And uh, I can see how that ticked off more than Brad Childress. If I were Ziggy Wolf, who had just stepped up to go get him under those circumstances, I would feel as though he was disrespecting my organization. Well, I mean, you, you've covered Randy Moss for a long time, Mike. And uh, I've met him on a few occasions. He couldn't be the more most gracious, warm guy when he when he wants to be. Let me tell you, man. I mean, I've met him. uh, I've seen him at the Patriots kickoff dinners the last few years. uh, The last three years, 
Um, not this past year, but uh, the last three years previous, I was the host of their kickoff dinner. Other than Tom Brady, he was the most popular guy in the room. He took pictures with every kid. He chatted with them. He looked them in the eye. He couldn't have been more cool to my two nephews. I mean, he could not have been more gracious. And it just seems to me he know he's got to know what he's doing. He seems to be a smart guy who can be as gracious as anybody you've ever met. So where does this come from? What not to get too psychological here, but what <laughs> where does this come from? Well, you're right. He's a very charming guy, and he's not a dumb guy. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he seems to have a problem with expressing himself and understanding the impact of that expression or the context of that expression. Uh, you know, we've seen that, you know, from squirting a ref with a Gatorade bottle to, you know, saying I play when I want to play to all sorts of things over the years. And, you know, you're right. Because he's a charming guy, there are people who swear by him and like having him around. So I'm not uh, suggesting that he's just, uh, you know, pure evil. But, uh, you know, I do think that you have to look at the big picture here. You've got a coach who started to lose credibility in that locker room with some people as far back as 08 when Gus Farratt came in and pretty much saved Childress's job, people felt. And uh, Childress not only went back to Tavares Jackson late in the season when Farratt was hurt, but really sort of froze him out in the process. And uh, he's fighting a power struggle with Brett Favre that is a very tough battle to wage, especially when you're the guy picking him up at the airport in the first place and, and sort of making making that statement. And so I think Brad Childress is frustrated, and I think that, you know, seeps into all elements of the Vikings' business. And, and Moss, I believe, not to get too psychological, but I believe Moss at some point started to understand this. And probably in his mind, he is taking – it upon himself to lead by saying some of the things out loud that other players are muttering or thinking, and maybe that's what that post-game press conference was about. But he's not doing it in a way that translates very well either to the outside world or to uh, you know the people who signed his paychecks. And I think he forced Brad Childress's hand. Childress felt like I'm not going to win this power struggle with Brett Favre, but I can make a stand here. And you know, and if it costs me my job, well, then I'm a martyr who, uh, you know, who tried to stand up for what is right. And I think, oddly enough, there are a lot of players in that locker room who would question a lot of things about Brad Childress's recent behavior, uh, including never once saying to Brett Favre, "You're my starting quarterback against the Patriots." Just sort of letting it play out that way. With all of that said, there were a lot of people nodding their heads saying, yeah, I saw what happened uh, on Friday. That was ridiculous. This guy's more trouble than it's worth. So the idea that he's lost the locker room, where do you stand on this? Because it, well, it seems... I, I believe, yeah. I believe he's, he lost credibility in that locker room as far back as 2008. Now, lost the locker room sounds like, you know, He's been completely tuned out, and the inmates are running the asylum. I don't think that's the case. And part of it is because, you know, Brett Favre's a professional, too. They may have some very – there may be a very strong divide between the two of them, and they may have philosophical differences about the offense, and they, you know, possibly can't stand each other. But I think, you know, they both understand that uh, the other one is absolutely committed to – trying to win football games, you know, the way they know best. And so I think that creative tension can exist, and a lot of players, you know, are still squarely behind Favre. 
but it's harder for it to exist when it's someone who's just come in cold like Moss, who seems to be so far over the top. And then you, you throw in the fact that people are questioning in that locker room a couple of uh, plays recently and, and the effort that you know, he may or may not have expended. The, the last gas pass at Lambeau, where it looked like he could have maybe jumped a little higher. Uh, the play where he was interfered with by Brandon Merriweather in right. New England, where he could have clearly uh, caught know, it. Looked, Absolutely, he looked like he, yeah, it looked like he could have just played through it and gotten a touchdown. So, you know, I, I think you put all of that together. Um, you know, with all of that said, I think a strong case could be made that uh, Leslie Frazier is not only a, a good strategist and a potential rock star in the coaching profession, but has the exact temperament that that veteran team uh, could probably use. And so I think you could make a case that a midseason change might do that team good, and, and I do think it's being contemplated. Well, you're talking about the defensive coordinator currently of the Minnesota Vikings. So why isn't why didn't it happen? I mean, if, if Childress did go ahead and tell the team before telling Moss and the Will family that Randy Moss was going to be off this team, how is Brad Childress still on it? How does that happen? A, I, I can't be sure that he didn't tell the Wolf family. That sounds pretty extreme to me. So right. until, until I get that, you know, nailed down, you know, not not necessarily questioning the reports that are out there because there's there's a lot of very good reporters who, you know, contributed to yeah, moving I mean, the story. I forward. mean, Gla- but, Glazer Glazer could take us both one hand behind his back. Uh, I mean, that's Glazer's report, man. That's the you know that's yeah, the Glazer. No, Glazer if it's Glazer's report, I tend to believe that it's true uh-huh. and. uh you know, I, I you know I don't know. I, I have to believe the Wolf family. Uh, you know, I, I I could understand why the Wolf family after that press conference would believe that they don't want this guy around either. I mean, I think it's disrespectful to the effort they're making to try to you know go all in for a championship. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So uh, it seems to me uh, you say that they've got a head coach that lost respect in the locker room as far back as three seasons ago with a quarterback that they sent a private jet with three other guys down to go get (laughs) who may not be on the same page as this head coach who 26 days after acquiring Randy Moss cuts him without potentially maybe telling his employers, just told the team, didn't tell Randy Moss and this is two days after Moss belittled caterers, local caterers who who came in um, to feed the team. And this is the team that's getting ready for the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Is that essentially accurate, what I just described? <laughs> you know, you paint such a, a compelling picture, but I, I would like to tell you that you're overreacting. But, no, that is that is essentially right. And yet it's a team that came very, very close to reaching the Super Bowl last season, uh, you know, with similar personnel and that is hoping that Sidney Rice will be back in a few weeks, which would obviously give that offense a boost. Um, and it's a team that, uh, you know, has a lot of veterans who are very, very proud of, uh, you know, their personal effort and attention to detail that aren't necessarily going to, you know, lay down just because there's some – creative tension on the job. So I like to believe that they are not a complete lost cause. Uh, if they can win their next three, which includes a rematch with the Packers uh, and a game against the Bears, they'd be 5-5 five and five and no worse than a game behind right. uh, either of the other teams they're chasing. So, you know, I could give you a plausible path where they are very much in this. Um, you know, I think you could make a case that 
making a bold move and making Leslie Frazier the interim coach might shock them into, you know, something special. But I think you can also make a case that, you know, they're all in for this season. This is what they have, and, and it's smarter to let it play out and then, uh, you know, reassess after the season. I think that's probably the more likely scenario. And uh, I just, you know, I'm, if there's one thing that gratifies me, it's that uh, the next restaurateurs that come in can feel very, very secure. <laughs> that, that they're going to be afforded a, you know, a modicum of respect. Yeah, and I'm, not treated, and in fairness, not treated like Rich Eisen's co-workers when you. they bring in tacos. tacos right. <laughs> Unless, of course, they keep slinging that Alpo around the facility. Then, <laughs> then they're not going to be welcome. But anyway, great scoop, Mike Silver. And, and also, congratulations on making Tanucci's Catering of St. Paul a household name. Uh, and, and a big story in the sports world. Thanks for the time. Hey, my pleasure. And really, you know, I know today is a special day, but from now on with you, mm-hmm. every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, Rich. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's Mike Silver here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. And sure enough, look who we have on the phone line right now on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's, none other than Gus Tanucci of Tanucci's Restaurant and Catering in St. Paul, Minnesota, the man who was at the Vikings facility last Friday serving this uh, meal in question to the team. And that is uh, uh, quite a, a Friday you had, Gus, huh? Yeah, it was um, quite a Friday, but it's been a quite a uh, Tuesday today, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the, your 15 minutes of fame have found you. Is that oh, what you're boy, saying, yeah. Gus? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So what happened on Friday? Well, we uh, we were invited out uh, to uh, Viking Winter Park uh, for their uh, post-practice meal on Friday. Uh, they do their walkthrough, uh, and then they feed the players every Friday. And... Um, we got set up and we were ready to go at one o'clock and um the players started filing into the locker room and uh I was um working with one of the one of the one of the players and cutting them a prime sandwich and um all of a sudden I heard this yelling going on and uh, I looked up and sure enough it was Randy Moss. What was he saying? You can go well, ahead, we'll bleep it out, Gus. You can bleep it out? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> he said, uh what what's this <laughs> sh-? Yeah, he says, I wouldn't eat this crap and he says I wouldn't even feed this sh- my dog. Is that what he said? Yeah. And what was the reaction? And there was actually there was a, an MF in there, but I'm not going to say that. But uh, uh, right. You know what? It was as quiet as could be. Uh, nobody said anything. Well, I did hear one guy later say, "Shut the f up, Randy." Okay. Um, you know, not real loud. There was no confrontation between anyone. I mean, he said it. It was very quiet, and I just went on with my business. You know, I'm. I'm a guest there. I'm just trying to make their, you know, to make the guys happy and, you know, do my job and get out. And I didn't say anything. Uh, I did have two, two gentlemen uh, that that hired us. One is a uh, an acquaintance of mine, uh, Dennis Ryan, who is the equipment manager, and then another guy, Paul Martin. Uh, they came up and apologized, and you know, they said, you know, it's not good. I said, well, it's not a big deal. I'll, you know, we're we're good. So don't worry about us. Right. Uh who was was Childress in the room? Any of the coaches in the room? No, at the time? you know what? We we never I never saw a coach. Um Moss never did eat. He walked up and looked at it, started doing his thing and then he left and no, I've I've heard uh, other things say that he went back to his locker and he said, um, I don't need to eat this crap. I've got enough money now. Right. So, well, good for you. So uh, was Favre there? Did you see? Was, was yeah, Brett was there, and I swear, if he would have had a football in his hand, I think he would have drilled it at him. Really? Uh, he looked at him, 
and uh, kind of threw his helmet down, and then Brett went right into the training room to get his ankle worked on. Um, and then he came back. When Brett came back, most of the guys were gone. Mm-hmm. But uh, nothing was said. There was no words between him, nothing like that. So the fact, Gus, that, that, that this incident may have played a major role in Randy Moss being released by the team, what's your reaction to that? I I don't know if it's really... Maybe that was just the 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 last the turning point the point that said enough we you know what you're cancer in this locker room you're cancer to this team and we're not going to put up with it anymore and you know what good for them I, maybe they put up with too much of his stuff already you know what I mean mm-hmm. he um I personally I never knew him I've never met him but what I saw that day he's not in a very nice person. So what, just uh, just so we get the the full thing going on, you were just serving food, going yep. about your business. Randy yep. came in, said this, and yep. left and and left the room. Well, he went to his locker, which was on the other side, and I couldn't see him. So this was in the locker room. Oh, I absolutely. We set up right in our locker room. Right, and the whole place was dead quiet. Yep, and not all the players had gotten in there yet either. You know, they were coming in from the from the field house, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, but there was there was enough people there, and I'm surprised that it didn't come out earlier because there was quite a contingency of um, reporters there that day. Hmm. You know, there was a, because the big thing all week was whether Favre was going to play or not. So there was a lot of national media there also, and I'm surprised that that didn't get let out. But and I didn't let I, we didn't let it out. Tanucci's did not let this out. Um, it's been in the paper now that uh, an unidentified player let this out. Right. Um, I, there was no way we were letting this out. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, we want to go back. We, hey, we're in business, man. We want to make money. And we're not going to make money and whatever by not getting invited back to these things. Gus, we appreciate the time. Thanks. All righty. Yep. Have a great day. You got yeah, it. Bye-bye. That's Gus Tanucci of Tanucci's Restaurant and Catering in St. Paul, Minnesota, which, uh, again, had the the glare of the national media spotlight suddenly shine on it because of uh, the incident that Mike Silver uh, who spoke to us moments ago, brought to light on Yahoo Sports that uh, Randy Moss was uh, was uh, over-the-top rude to a local uh, catering facility that was there in the locker room, and that played uh, a role potentially in, in uh, Randy Moss being released by the team that acquired him just 26 days ago, the supposed missing piece in this sputtering offense in Brett Favre's potential last year in the National Football League, and uh, this whole scenario suddenly shines a 15-minute spotlight of fame on this man, uh, Gus Tanucci in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's just, again, another example of how you just never know in the NFL. You absolutely never know what's going to happen entering a week uh, of an NFL season. Let's move on right now to our first guest on the podcast from the playing field. He is the Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl 40 in Detroit. He is the most prolific wide receiver in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and with some of those guys who have previously worn the black and gold at that position in the Hall of Fame. That is saying a mouthful. One of the best guys in the league, one of the hardest hitters at his position of all time. Heinz Ward joins me on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Heinz, how are you doing today? We're doing pretty good, Rich. Pretty good. 
I got to ask you right off the bat of what your thoughts are on this Randy Moss situation. I know this has nothing to do with your team, but it's it's taken up all the oxygen in the NFL room these days with him just cut 26 days after being acquired by the Patriots. What are your thoughts on this, Hans? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You know, you, you, you look at Minnesota and they talk about winning the Super Bowl and, and trying to uh, acquire the players to help them win the Super Bowl and uh, to give up a third-round pick and uh, – and to bring Randy Moss and pair him up with uh, Brett Favre and then turn around and and uh, wave him after a month, four weeks into it, him uh, returning back to Minnesota, uh, it's kind of crazy. There's more to that story that that that, that uh, they're not telling us. But uh, you know, he's still a great talent, and he still demands uh, defensive to put play a safety over top of a corner at all times. So, you know, if a defensive coordinator is still doing that to Randy, there's still a lot of football left in him, and uh, you know, somebody's going to pick him up real quick. So, well, there's no doubt. Somebody's uh, definitely going to pick him up. You know what I mean? And it just it just boggles the mind when you hear, when you see the numbers he puts up and you hear the talk that uh, uh, um, Darrell Revis called him a slouch, that, that, that other teams believe that all you got to do is hit him in the mouth the first quarter and he'll just wither away in the third and fourth quarter. What, what do you think about when you hear that sort of talk about a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day? I don't know. Uh, I respect him a lot more than that. Uh, you know, uh, when he when that ball is in the air, he still has a high percentage chance of coming down and catching it. And the guy, I mean, he got over a hundred something touchdowns and throughout his career, and and the most uh, prolific uh, deep threat that's probably ever played the game before. So, uh, so when I hear people say that, you know, uh, I'm gonna give him more credit than that. I mean, he's definitely uh, a future Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever played the game, and. There's still a lot of football left in uh, Randy Moss, and and uh, that's unfortunate. You know, I don't know. You know, maybe his comments, you know, got him in trouble uh, with that with their head coach Childress. But uh, needless to say, he's still uh, a great threat on any football team, and, and and his comments and stuff like that is you just have to put up with that because uh, that's a, that, that's who he is. So um, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened, but. Uh, I'm sure he'll bounce back and end up with somebody and help their team out in the passing game. Yeah, the only reason why I ask you this too, Hines, is not only because you're you know at the top of your game and have Hall of Fame credentials yourself. You know, I know you want to do the media when it's all said and done, and you know, I'm just giving you. I'm just this is the sort of pundit stuff you're going to end up having to talk about when if and when yeah. you want to join the paparazzi, Hines. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm learning. I'm learning from you, Rich. I'm watching all your shows and and. and and uh, you know, seeing how you do things, but it does. It comes along with the territory. So yeah, um, you know, but it's just a part of football. But that's who Randy is, though. I mean, you know, he, that ain't that won't be the last time he says some, some crazy comments. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, he's done it over his whole career. But at the end of the day, he's still a great football player. Yeah, I know. And, uh, All you have to do is wonder when he gets picked up by his new team this week. Who his new team's going to be in December? You know what I mean? You just got to wonder. Yeah, you, I mean, that's where it all lies. So it's good, I mean, because everybody can talk about Randy while we try to get together. There you go. Well, you're under, the, you're under the radar this week. You're safely under the radar this week. I mean, because once we're through with the Moss situation and chewing that up, then we turn to McNabb and how he got benched in Washington, D.C. in favor of Rex Grossman. I mean, is this something that is this something that guys talk about in the locker room around the league, even though it has nothing to do with their team? Do guys just sort of gossip about what happens in other teams at all? Yeah, a lot of guys, you know, you're sitting in the hot tub and stuff and getting loosened up, get ready to practice. And, you know, guys, have, you know, you're sitting in the training room and, and you see it on ESPN and, 
NFL Network. Thank you, that. thank you, thank you for saying that, Hines. You know I got to do that. <laughs> okay, I, I understand you know, we're not the only game in town, but I, I appreciate I got, you. I got to throw all my plugs out there. You never know. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, it's definitely a locker room talk. You know, guys talk about it and. I've never heard of that excuse ever before. That was that was. But uh, the cardiovascular uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> endurance. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You tell me. Does that mean uh, McNabb's out of shape or something? I don't know because Jamarcus Russell was working out with him on Tuesday, and he must have passed his <laughs> cardiovascular endurance test to get out there. So. <laughs> I don't even know is that is that like a test that you got to do before you report to the season or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think pass, but uh, we'll ask Hainsworth never, about I've it. Never, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ask him about it, see what happens. He but, might know a thing or two. Uh, no, but guys do talk about it, and and that's crazy. I mean, you know, you bring the guy, uh, you bring him to your organization, and, and his credential speaks uh, for itself, and and to pull him out uh, when the game's on the line, that's that's absurd. So. Yeah, I mean, they they, they talked about um, – there's a lot of talk about his tempo in practice isn't what it should be, and it wasn't what it was that, – that the Eagles were upset about his tempo in practice for a decade, and now Shanahan's upset about that. What what would that mean? Is tempo from a quarterback in practice a, a crucial thing, Hines? I, I don't I don't know if it's a crucial thing. I think the whole team is a tempo. I mean, he, he may just be – you know, lackadaisical, a real free, loose-going guy, and it just takes his time. But I know one thing about Donovan, he's a hell of a competitor. I mean, each and every game, he goes out there and give it his all to try to win ball games, and he's done it uh, throughout his whole career. So um, the tempo aspect of it, I, I don't I don't know. I, I haven't, you know, uh, been out there with Donovan. But, uh, you know, I just, it just amazed me just, you know, how – uh, one little rumor comes out, and then you know everybody wants to stick you uh, with the tempo thing. I, I've never heard of that. And every time he's out on the field, he's out there giving it his all and giving it his best. So um, I don't know what to say about his tempo. Uh, I don't know what a quarterback needs to have tempo for anyway. <laughs> yeah, it just it makes it it, it it seems like this is another thing where we don't know the full story. That there's something going on behind the scenes. It sounds like that's another situation. Well, you know, Rich, everybody's got to give the political correct answer. There's probably more to it than the story. And, you know, you try to leave everything uh, inside the locker room. But uh, there's definitely more story to both uh, Randy Moss and uh, Donovan Knapp. So let's talk about the Steelers a little bit. And and uh, coming out of the Sunday night game, there was talk about how the Steelers' offense really wasn't prepared in a way for the, the loud noise in the Superdome. Where do you stand on this situation, Hines? Uh, it was definitely loud. It was a playoff atmosphere game, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the defending Super Bowl champions came off a a bad loss to the Cleveland Browns at home. So we knew it was going to be they were going to be gunning up for this game and, uh, and be all up for this game. But I just think it was just miscommunication, you know, from the center uh, calling out uh, the the defensive formation and getting it relayed to the quarterback and the quarterback. Relaying it to the wide receivers, and you know, I think say we all had our hand in the pile as far as uh, the miscommunication went on in that game, and we weren't able to pick up the blitz. Uh, we were running hot routes when we weren't hot and stuff like that. So uh, it was a matter of just miscommunication and not having all eleven guys on the same page. Mm-hmm. And how has Ben um, gotten back into the mix with this team, Hines? 
Oh, he's you know he's gradually just getting better and better. You know, you got to think this is his third game, so you know he's still trying to, you know, dust off uh, the arm and legs and and all his reads and stuff. But he's doing well. I mean, we're glad to have him back, and he's more uh, active amongst all the players and stuff like that. So he's make, he's making a conscious effort of better himself, not only to the teammates and but to the fans as well. So uh, we're glad to have him back, and like I say. It's, it's tough to win games on the road. Went down to New Orleans, man. That is a, is a hard. Uh, it's as loud. Lo- it's as loud. It's as loud a place I've heard in the seven years I've done uh, this uh, talk of the NFL every day for NFL Network. It's the loudest place I've ever been. Nothing comes close indoors. I mean, out of doors. Kansas City was really loud the one time I was there, but it's insane how loud that place yeah, is. Yeah, it is, and it was just, you know, you add that with Halloween, you know, <laughs> the whole Halloween festivities down in uh, New Orleans with Bourbon Street yes. and all the stuff up. And they had a whole day to prepare. They had a whole yeah, afternoon they, to prepare. <laughs> yes. They really got into it. They got behind their team, and uh, and it really gave us problems communicating our who our hots was and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's something we got to learn and adjust and, and move on. We're not going to put – uh, you know, one game and, and hit the panic mode. We're still five and two. Uh, we got a, another uh, division game next week on Monday night, and we go to Cincinnati, which is another hard place to play at. But you know, that's a divisional game, so we'll bounce back and uh, get ready to play Cincinnati. What do you uh, think? Tonight. What do you think has been Cincinnati's issue? I mean, that's another team that's uh, that 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 started two and five that won the division last year. I mean, the Chargers are, are that one. The, then the, the the Dallas Cowboys, who I, by the way, at the top of this podcast, I, I did vow that I would not talk about them uh, for the rest of the season unless they fired their coach or became two games under 500. I think everybody's a little bit dallas out. But the bottom line, as I'm saying, is that uh, all these division leaders from last year aren't starting very well, and the, the Bengals are one of them. What, what have you seen on film, and what have you heard – uh, from your teammates or from around the league that, that that's caused them to be so uh, off-kilter? Uh, I mean, for us, uh, it's a divisional game. So, you know, I'm pretty sure both teams, our team and their teams, will get geared up. For are, you, are you throwing the records out, Hans? Is that where you want? Is that where you're going on me? You're <laughs> well, no, I'm not really going to throw the record. I mean, I don't okay. know what their issue is. I hope they don't uh, find out and adjust, you know, let their issues be <laughs> and let them find out after we play them. But, you know, for us, uh, you know, regardless of the records, you can throw the records out in the individual games. We know how important it is, and we always try to set the tempo on the first divisional game because you're going to get a chance to play them again later on during the year. So uh, we're going to try to just, you know, see if we can win on the road and uh, and worry about Cincinnati afterwards. So, But it's, it's always a tough environment when we go to Cincinnati. And last year, you know, they swept our division. So, uh, there's a little uh, incentives for us uh, to get back on top in the AFC North. So uh, the the uh, Steelers, uh, so many people are, are saying is the best team in the NFL, or certainly in that conversation, because of what we're seeing defensively especially. You've won two championships with the Steelers. The defense, is it reminding you of those championship years, Hans? Uh, there's no question. You know, you know, the two years we won the Super Bowl, our, def- our defense is the reason why we even got to the Super Bowl. And you know, um, you know, they're playing real well. You know, we lost Aaron Smith, so that's a huge blow. But you know, we got some young talent, Nick Eason, Ziggy Hood, and those guys get an opportunity to step up. But our defense is just playing well. You know, offensively, we just gotta you know uh, catch up and, and play up to their capabilities and 
and help complement our defense. You know, when they give us a short field, we got to make sure we're putting up touchdowns rather than field goals. And and I think we're headed in that direction. You know, last night when we played New Orleans, you know, Antoine Randall, I told him just to dive in there. You know, to to get tackled on the inch line, not be able to get the ball in. You can't do that against a great team, and it's something we got to work on. Uh, this week as far as, you know, make sure we're getting touchdowns rather than field goals. And defensively, you, you, you could lose James Harrison to retirement, right? At some point. You know what, man? You know, James just knows one way to play. He ain't out there to try to, you know, uh, kill somebody. You hate to try to kill, but it is a, it's a physical ball game. You know, it's football. I mean, you know, coaches always talk about, I want you to pound the guy, pound the guy, pound the guy. And that's what, you know, defensive guys are priests. They go out there and pound guys and here James going out there and pound guys, and now they're finding him 75, and somebody says he's going to get another Oh, he's going to get it. He's going to get I mean, this so, no he's going to get it. You know, for, for him, I can, it's just the frustration of, you know, I don't know what other way to play this game, how I was taught. You know, he's going out there and playing, and, and all those hits he got, it was more of a bang-bang. It wasn't like it was super, super late after the hit, but... Uh, you know, for us, we, we're all go, we're always going to have James uh, back, and uh, we call him Debo in the locker room. He's always going to be Debo, but you know, it's unfortunate that you know, uh, you know, to get seventy five thousand taken away from you or something that wasn't even flagged for it. You know, they didn't even throw a flag or anything uh, in the Cleveland game for the two times he knocked out those two guys. But you know, I think you know, uh, just for the the weekend that was, there was so many guys was, was getting hit. I think you know, he caught the the worst rap because he knocked two guys out. Did anybody have fun with him when he came back in, leave a gold watch in his locker or, you know, like a, a an AARP card or something like that? Or he, <laughs> or, he, or, or he has no sense of humor about this sort of thing? Uh, well, you know, you, it's hard to play around with a guy named Debo now. His nickname <laughs> is Debo, but, uh, you know, I, I, I did give him my uh, Sam's card. Hopefully he can go do Nice deals on, on some groceries. Okay. And stuff. If, hey. I figured if anybody could do it, you could, Heinz. I mean, you. <laughs> nah, you know I got. It. I'm gonna hook him up with all my deals because I'm a frugal shopper. Rich. Is that right? I didn't know that about you. Man, I'm always trying to find deals, man. I'm all about the deals. I had no idea. See, I'm learning. <laughs> Heinz, what is your approach when you're out there? Obviously, people think you, and, and rightfully so, you've got a defensive mentality out there from your position. When you play the game, I'd love for you to take fans inside your helmet. And and give us the concept that you have to prepare yourself and the attitude that you have when you step out on the field all padded up. Rich, I'm having fun, man. I mean, guys are, you know, I'm the old guy on the field, and I hear from the young guys, oh, you old, you washed up, and I just laugh at it. I mean, because I used to say the same thing when I was young and, and playing some of the, the older veteran guys. But for me, Rich, it's like a turkey. It's like turkey bowl to me. I don't care about the weather conditions or anything. I just go out there with my my sweatsuit on, some gloves, and just play football, throw up tackle all day. You know, either hit or be hit, and I'm having fun, man. You you watch me out there smiling and stuff. I'm I'm, I'm literally blessed to play this game for this long and be able to do it at a uh, at a high level and still out there helping my team win and. You know, for me, if I get a good shot, I'm going to take my head on you. And I know when I go across the middle, uh, like the Saints games, the guy put a pretty good hit on me. Mm-hmm. So, so it's football, man. It's, you know, I you know I play it the way it's supposed to be played. And I love everything about it. I'm not trying to go out there and hurt anybody, but I'm out there trying to have fun. I mean, I, I think people around the league, you know, some I've been voted the dirtiest player in the league, but I hear coaches, you know, around the league saying they would love to have me on their team. So, you know, I don't know what to really think about much of that stuff now. I'm just out there having fun and, 
You know, if the ball comes one way, I'm going to try to do scratch, claw, fight, and do all I can to come down with the ball. And, you know, if I can help somebody, you know, spring Mendehall open for a long uh, touchdown run, uh, then I'm going to do that too. So I just love being in the NFL. I'm blessed to do it, and I'm going to continue going out there and enjoy it as long as I can. You know, Ray Lewis says that smile pisses him off, right? You're aware of that. <laughs> I love it. You got to love it. I would tell Ray, man, why don't he retire? Can I play Baltimore Ravens one time without – Having that guy out there in the uh, mood still, I mean, so. I don't think so. I love Ray. He's a hell of a competitor. Man. Yeah, but he said uh, he, that when he sees that smile. Are you, are you aware of that sometimes that when you're smiling that you know you're getting under people's skin with that smile? Are you aware of that, huh? Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Cause guys always talk. <laughs> they always talk stuff. And I say, man, you know. But I think sometimes the guys get my mentality on the field and me trying to hit them, they take it off the field, which I'm a totally different person off the field, but. You know, I see guys hanging out. We go to a venue or something. They really don't like me off the field, Rich. I don't know why. I'm What's a likable guy. What's up with that, Hines? It's supposed to, you're supposed to leave, know, you're supposed to leave that at, uh, on the field, right? They're supposed to leave it on the field, Rich. I don't know why they don't like me out there, man. You cannot like me smiling all the time. I'm a happy guy. I know. Maybe you need just to come on this podcast more. We'll refurbish your image. We'll, we'll beef it hey, up a little bit. You'll become more likable just by being on hey, this podcast. It. Anytime you need me, Rich, I'm there, man. Like I said, I got to make that smooth transition. You got to help me out now. I love it. I love it. How come you're not a diva? How come you're not one of those diva receivers, Hines? How come? Uh, what, nah, I thought you're I, supposed to complain not getting the ball, and you're supposed to. Uh, well, I, I do my own complaining. Trust me, I do my complaining. You do? But I don't crazy with it. Uh, every guy wants the ball. Any, any great wide receiver wants the ball. Any who wants to be great or, or, or wants to be good. But you got to understand the big scheme of things. You know, this team is not about Hines Ward. It's not about myself. You know, I just got to go out there and do whatever it takes. Because you look at some of the greatest wide receivers ever played a game, um, they don't have a Super Bowl ring. You know, and, uh, and a lot of them don't understand. It's just not about them understanding that, you know, when you do get your opportunities, you know, make the most of it. But me, being in Pittsburgh, we're just a, a blue-collar city, and I, I think, uh, my style of play in this city goes hand-to-hand. So, you know, I think the fans here in Pittsburgh, they appreciate uh, a great block bringing somebody open and scoring a touchdown just as much as me catching the touchdown. So uh, I don't I don't mind doing the dirty work here. But at the same time, I do want the ball. But, you know, if I get it, I'm not going to throw tantrums or, and, and go crazy and say something crazy on the media so you guys can – uh, analyzing, talking about those, uh, you know. Stop, listen, talk. by the way, the you guys thing, don't lump me in with everybody. Here. Don't, <laughs> no, no, no. You can't lump me in. And again, just you wait. You're going to be on the other side. You'll be, yeah, part, yeah. You'll be part of the you guys, and you won't like being lumped in with everybody. You won't like Yes, yeah, I understand that. I apologize, Rich. I That's like me saying, you guys always go with the you guys when you talk well, about the media. Saying, I'm not lumping you, know, you in. I don't want to lump you in. See, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Not the other guys other than Rich. That's, <laughs> How about that? Exactly. And say that when you're on CBS and, uh, uh, and ESPN. All, just always mention my name and you'll be fine. Seriously. Uh, I got the Rich. I got the hookup. Baby. That's what I always feel yeah. that way. Hines, I appreciate you taking the time here on the podcast. Uh, I know you've, you've got uh, a lot uh, going on in your plate in the middle of the season. you got the Bengals on Monday Night Football uh, in Cincinnati, and we look forward to chatting with you again. Okay, anytime, Rich, anytime. You bet. That is Hines Ward, the Super Bowl MVP of one of the many Super Bowls. 
that the Pittsburgh Steelers have brought home to the good people of Western Pennsylvania here on the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's that rolls on next with Hot Topics with The Worm and Bardia. Don't go anywhere. Will Ferrell still lurking in the wings. Get on the field with all the sights and sounds from inside the game. It's a hell of a job, Two nights. Oh, yeah, buddy. Two shows you can't miss. Get your field pass with NFL replay and sound effects. My goodness, what a play. Tuesday and Wednesday starting at 8, only on NFL Network. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. We've already heard from Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports talk about how, I guess, a plate of lunch meat may have done Randy Moss in in Minnesota. And uh, Heinz Ward, none other than uh, the great Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver, joining us here on the podcast. Will Ferrell, his movie Megamind, is coming out on November 5th. And uh, we're going to chat with the, the very funny... Will Farrell later on in this podcast, but uh, let's get to our hot topic segment and uh, welcome back in a regular here on the Rich Eisen podcast. The only person who's done it every time, other than me, senior producer at NFL Network, Jason Worms. Ripkin esque. Hello. Hello. That's also the dulcet tones of uh, Bardia Shireas, uh, producer here at NFL Network of uh, NFL Game Day Highlights, NFL Game Day Morning, and soon. Well, I don't do the morning show, but no, no, it feels like that's I right. Do. No, NFL game day highlights, NFL game day final, and soon Thursday night kickoff. Thursday night kickoff You're, presented by Sears. Right? Uh, the, the pregame is presented by Sears. Pre-kick is presented by Lexus. Halftime ah, is presented by Sprint. Nice. Post-game by K. There you go. I have here, I have memorized the sponsorship up, here on the podcast pizza? presented by Papa John's. Yeah, yeah. By pizza. I know pizza. Well, pizza's uh, pizza's out of uh, our, for our Thursday night. And it is out. So you're going. We're going on the road starting we're going next on the road. week. Is that me, great or what? Me, you, we're getting the band back together. It's me, back. Dion, Mooch, Marshall Falk at the site. Right. And and who's back here? Fran Charles holding it down right. with Sterling Sharp, Brian Billick, and the great Kurt Warner. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? I mean, I would take. How long? How long is the pregame? It, it starts today with yeah. all those voices. Gonna, I mean, I was just <laughs> and it's your job. It. It's your job now to get us all in, right? It is, and we're going to do it, Rich. I feel like I feel like a, a Rodney Dangerfield in uh, in Caddyshack. Keep it fair. Keep it fair. Yeah, I'll just gonna... stick you. I'll stick some money in your pocket. <laughs> keep it fair. Keep it fair. I will take bribes for more airtime. Okay. Yeah. Let's I, do I'm it. not. Uh, I'm not beneath doing that. Cash only. I'm not beneath. That's why you're here on the straight podcast. cash, homie. That's no, straight cash. <laughs> okay. Let's guess right into. By the way, uh, before we get to Moss. Um, this conversation could be interrupted at any moment because VLT is in the building. Wow. The Vince Lombardi I Trophy is mm. here at the NFL Network campus today. And, we uh, took pictures already. You already took pictures. Yes, yes we did. With VLT. Yes, By the way, that's what he's called. It's not like I'm not making fun of it, like making make no. it sound like a sandwich. That's not... what the NFL people in the front office call the Vince Lombardi Trophy for short, the VLT. Yeah. V or v, it's not the VLT. It's sort of like Sky Dome used to be in Toronto. Right, right. It's, just, it's just VLT. VLT. It's not the Vince Lombardi. It's just Vince Lombardi Trophy is here, along with the new Hallis and uh, Lamar Hunt trophies. Yes, very, very sort of classy. New sleek looking trophies. Classy. Right. Classy. Uh, and uh, yeah, it doesn't look like this wooden sort of trophy that was given nah. out at the Elks Lodge yes. every year. <laughs> right. They've right. actually they they brought it into the 21st it, century. It, it, actually, they said this. They had a presentation this morning. They right. said. The angle of the football on mm. the Hallis and the Hunt Trophy is yeah. exactly the same as it is 
on the Lombardi Trophy. Oh, I, uh, I did not football. know it. Oh, they don't mess around with yeah. Tiffany, man. There's Tiffany's no making the hardware. They're heavier gonna... than you think. It is yes. heavier. heavier. Well, now, and, and, or, and, and uh, in order to pick up the trophies, unless you've won it, okay, right. you must put on white gloves. Correct. We both did. We both well, did. I did one hand. Mm. I did the one hand. You did the one hand glory. lift of VLT. Yes. The glory lift. I think you did. I did, two, two. I did one hand, two hands. I even kissed it. Mm. Did you? Right. Mm. But then you have to sanitize your hands because everyone in the company here has been putting on the same white glove. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little gross. Yeah. I didn't. So you have to Purell yes. after the gloves? I just oh, yeah, wanted I to chop my hands I off, did. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> really clean it up. You're like Howie Mandel. <laughs> right. You didn't give me a fist just bump? Fist bumps. No. Right. Oh, man. So, and, and here, this is my favorite story because we always have uh, the Vince Lombardi trophy on our set. It's the greatest set dressing in the history of the television sports at the Super Bowl, at Total yeah, Access right. at the Super Bowl. We always have it there. Were you with us at, in Jacksonville at that Jacksonville Super Bowl, or are you still with no, Fox Sports? No, I was still with Fox this, Sports, this right. is, this, So this is... Uh, B, right. this I flew is, home the morning of the game. This is B... B... Uh, <laughs> B Shiraz, yeah, right. Right. What, I, I can't figure out what that would be. Bardia Shiraz. Yeah, who knows? That would be BSR, right? BSR, yeah. So this is BBSR, right? Uh, you were, of course, with us from day one. But I was, on, I was on a plane that morning going home. So, at any rate, we always have the Vince Lombardi trophy on the set, and there's always two sets of eyes on the trophy, two security guards who are assigned to the Vince Lombardi trophy detail at the Super Bowl every year, and it comes in this trunk. It's got its own trunk. You pop it open, and it's in its own Tiffany blue bag like you did buy it off of Fifth Avenue. It comes in its own blue bag. So you take it out, you put it on the set, and there's always two security guards, standing guard. Joanne Kamei, our longtime uh, uh, stu- uh, stage manager, uh, she would always always whisk these security guards away because they would want to stand on the set. Right. Like, listen, you can watch it from off camera, okay? Right. But don't worry, no one's going to touch it. Except one time when we had uh, Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw on the set live. Do you remember this? I do there. Okay, we had them live on the set. And it was me, Rod Woodson, and uh, um, um, Terry and Howie on the set. And Terry and Howie doing their thing where they were completely off off their rocker. And at one point, we pointed out, I, I, I wanted to ask, what's it like? How heavy is that trophy? What is it like to lift that trophy? Right. Asked that of Terry Bradshaw. We lifted it four times. At which point, Terry gets up from his chair, walks <laughs> over to the trophy. I remember this. This I remember. And as he approached the trophy... One of the security guards, a woman in her like red security slicker, right. comes, jumps on the set, puts her body in between him and the VLT, yes. and orders him to go back to his seat they on live television. They don't mess around. I like I love, it. So if, if, if VLT is supposed to come here during the conversation, if, it, if he does at any point, we have to stop, and we'll take pictures. Okay. Which may not be a great, may not be great <laughs> right. audio... But I figure Howard Stern has all these, you know, yeah, hot sure. babes in his studio. Right. People still That's listen all the babe. time. Yeah. So VLT is sort of like our, our Jenna Jameson, in oh. a way. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Yeah, that you was, said that. That was Rich Eisen. <laughs> Rich Listen, I can't get any more trouble from this segment. Last week, Karen Henderson coming on, talking about how the Brits don't know American football very well. And then I used the word division, you know, joking about the You know, Coach Singletary, you're supposed to win your division. You know how many tweets I got from uh, from over in the UK? People saying we don't say division. We know our football. We say controversy over here, Rich. Controversy. Is that what it is? Yes. Controversy is that word. Hello. <laughs> this is this man who brought Nigel Spackle to life last week. <laughs> he had week. a good day. He had a good game, Nigel Spackle. He let's did. let's get to Randy Moss. Huh. What in the? I mean, we don't know where he's going to go yet. Again, this was taped uh, on the day he was officially put on waivers. 
Right. And uh, the question is, is where did this? Uh, Mike Silver said in the previous segment that he he was rude and boorish to uh, some local caterers that came in to serve food on Friday, and that was essentially sort of one of the last straws in Minnesota. That uh, that's not the type of people that uh, that that they want to have on the team. I mean, it's it, it's it's so it sounds so convoluted. It sounds like. Deeper than that, right. right? I can't imagine he's gonna. Brad Childress is gonna wave the guy because he doesn't like the uh, the spread, so to speak. <laughs> I, Certainly, twenty two days after he had just acquired him, too. I think what he did at that press conference, Moss, mm-hmm. where he pretty much undermined his head coach and saluted the opposing head coach, was the final nail on the straw. And I think Childress mm-hmm. did what he's been dying to do to Brett Favre and Kent: mm-hmm. show someone who's boss. And he kind of did that through Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. You don't belong here. This is my team. You're out of here. I can't do it to four, but I'll do it to 84. Mm. I think the, I think the production also on the field is a big issue. Well, when, when, the, or lack of it. I still think How he about, can bring it. You, you know, we were watching the game uh, in, in our set, and when nobody else caught up, no one talked, not even Aikman or Brenneman, who was doing the game mm-hmm. for Fox, talked about it. That pass interference yeah. call on Moss that he drew towards later in the game yep. on Brandon Merriweather, the ball was still catchable. Yes. And he just let it drop right, right next to yeah. his legs. Well, he, then... didn't, he, didn't, he didn't, you know, for the fourth down, the fourth down play right. in uh, Green Bay the, on Sunday Night Football. Right. He he, he could have, I mean, no, well, that, ball that, that ball he, was That ball was uncatchable. But he, it's, it's, I, there, I heard it, people it, talking about that There's one. a I lack of effort. There, there seems to be a lack of effort. And the, you know, look, you don't think Brett Favre has been begging for years to have this guy as his teammate once, doesn't want to throw him the football. He wants to throw him the football. He's not open. He had him for 26 days. Brett Favre is not happy he's not there, though. I don't know, man. It's just another he's getting situation. getting Sidney Rice back. So. And by the there way, we go. now we're, we're back. Not yet. I mean, I mean <laughs> Couple that's weeks. a hip injury. But yeah, who knows what he's going to be like right. when he comes back? Who knows? That's, have, the, that's the thing that really is the crusher. If this does, in fact, put Percy Harvin back outside, you know, I mean, you saw when Moss came in, the Percy Harvin that we saw last year mm-hmm. reappeared. Right. You know, the guy coming across the slot and beating made Darrell Rivas look slow. Yep. And that Jet um, Viking game, they I know have Rivas huge was not. issues, man. They, they, have, they have become very old very fast. Offensive line isn't right. very good. The defensive line, I don't know what's going on. Sure, Allen has been non existent. The, the Williams all year. brothers. Yeah, three straight they, games without a sack. How about, how about this? I mean, the stout defensive line, mm-hmm. basically a, a four minute drill, and New England just shoved it right down their throat no, at the end of the game to win the game. I mean, it's. There's something systemically wrong with the entire program. Bardia, yeah. you, you made a great point before, but I think you also uh, gave us the, the, the mother of all mixed metaphors. I think you said the final nail in the straw, which... In, <laughs> did I say so, that? Yeah, you, you did. did. You did. So it's in the final... It's like coffin. Of the coffin. It's, it's, the, it's the straw that broke the coffin's back, basically, is what I think you just said. In yes. a way. I like it. And what, what in the world is going on with the Redskins? I mean, it, Sunday, it's because he, he doesn't know the terminology... And Rex, I know you're raising your hand. Like, let me get through my my point, Worm, before I before grade. I call on you. Yeah, do you want the bathroom pass? You need to go to thinking the, about it because I know you got like this big, you know, jar of tang that you bring in here. It's his orange vitamins, concoction. Vitamins, okay. vitamins, people, vitamins. So uh, you need your vitamins. So Sunday, he doesn't know the terminology, even though we're eight games into the season, and he was acquired on Easter Sunday. Um, and and Rex Grossman, who hasn't taken a snap probably in, in a live practice in two years, probably. Right. Okay, he's the guy that they should bring in in this huge pass rush that the Lions have been putting on all day. McNabb's running for his life. Okay, let's bring in Rex. Then Monday we hear uh, it's got nothing to do with terminology. Uh, he's banged up. 
He's hurt. Hamstrings. We were thinking of benching him. He's out of cardiovascular. Okay. Well, it, says it was the cardiovascular uh, endurance. endurance. Which, by the way, is like that. Uh, I said earlier, it's like the new wardrobe malfunction in the NFL. It's <laughs> it's sort of a, a a PR phrase that just it just it just screams doesn't pass the smell test. It's got a BS test that just that you hear it. Even even Tarico, even Tarico, who never carps or or has the sort of sassy smarmy edge to him. Even he last on Monday Night Football at the end of the first half. Wondered if uh, Payne or Matt Schaub had the cardiovascular endurance to go through the two-minute drill. Yeah. And this is a guy who's going to see Shanahan in two weeks right. on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So even Tarico, you know, even he felt compelled to call the BS on this. Well, what here, is it? Here, here's all you, the, okay, now you raise your hand. And, and I, I'm not defending Shanahan, but think about it. Think about how Shanahan handled this situation. Try not to throw him completely under the bus. But you throw but him under the did. bus the minute you put Rex in the game. He did. Whereas Childress, the week before, completely mm. threw his quarterback under the bus. I'm just mm. saying. Right. I don't. I don't trust it. I think they're all hey, idiots. But I think. I think how they handle this is all idiotic. Jason Worms or Jason Dot Worms. Completely. Yeah. You know what? If you, how can you have a quarterback who's been there since Easter? Easter Sunday. Not be in shape. Why don't you just call him fat? Hey, you're fat. I just think he doesn't want you to call. You are a fat quarterback. Just say he's ineffective. Just say, just call him, call him what They're he just, is. That they, he just does not bring it. He has more interceptions than touchdowns right now, and he's not bringing it. Well, his fourth quarter, his fourth quarter uh, quarterback rating is awful, too. But he's not bringing it. But who, who's yeah. he throwing to? That's And who's behind who's, him? But let's, let's talk about the groceries. Yeah. I like Santana Moss. I like Santana Moss. He's got a deep threat. He's a deep threat. Hold on a minute. He's a deep threat guy. I understand. Yeah. It's been several years since he since he was the, the deep threat uh, that, that everybody needed to double cover or, right. or keep an eye out on. Uh, Anthony Armstrong, right? Yeah. Or, or, or no relation to Anthony Anderson. He's been great okay. for them. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but he's he's a young kid, right? Joey Galloway, I, I no, don't know. No, no part of the team. Uh, but uh, Chris Cooley is is a solid tight end. I think he, he he's probably on the cusp of a top ten tight end in the National he's Football League. If not, he's banged, he's up, banged up as well. That offensive line. I mean, Kyle nice. Vandenbosch and Sue was on all over McNabb. The running back. Uh, I know he had a couple hundred yard games. He was on, he started the year on the practice squad. Ryan Terrain was also hurt. So a rookie, Keelan Williams, out of LSU, right mm-hmm. from the hat, the, the, from the hat, the hat. Yep. Uh, he he he's out there. So is it all McNabb's no, fault for his for 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 the quarterback uh, rating in the fourth quarter? His decision making his decision making on that interception in the fourth quarter was really bad. It was triple coverage. Then again, he got he got smoked. But on what that do you got behind well. him? I, I, it's not like they're bringing. Right. In, it's I not like they're bringing Mike Shanahan. Shanahan. I cannot believe Mike Shanahan said actually thought hmm. for the two or three minutes he had saying our best way to tie this football game up Rex Grossman was to go with Greg, Rex Grossman. I cannot believe consciously he did that first play. First play, we were all stunned. Disaster. We were all stunned. Disaster. A first play God, disaster. Don't overthink it. And and the only God. the only thing more audible than the groans in D.C. might have been the laughter coming out of Chicago. Oh yeah. With Rex Grossman. Absolutely. I mean, Bears fans must have been like, "You have got to be kidding me." <laughs> it was a joke. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then, and then I just I just I'm going to ask Mooch this when I see him on uh, over the weekend. Do coaches when they make these decisions not know the can of media worms that they're opening up just before a bye week? Or do they just say to heck with it? I'm going with my gut. This is my decision. Kyle tells me that uh, Rex knows the the uh the terminology better. I know McNabb's banged up. 
I hate his tempo in practice. I want to teach him a lesson, or I just feel that this is, this is the way it's going to be. I, I mean, is that the way it goes with that split, sec, split second yeah. on the sideline? In I don't think field? they think about it, but they definitely think about it after the game to come up with the cockamamie story of we're going with a well, guy that That's knows why the thing on Monday, uh, the thing on Monday about bringing the uh, bringing the uh, um, the whole aspect involved about uh, you know the physical nature of it, you know, and um, bringing that all into it, you know, uh, on Monday and not having a better idea of what to say i mean it was a 90 second response to why'd you pull him on monday you'd think that they could overnight come up with something better than he that he looked like a rookie head coach but i think what it is no what it is it's just he, did, he, he just doesn't want to say i i, I mcnab uh, you know uh, i i'd love to uh, uh, keep the receipt did we keep the receipt on the trade you know i'd love to return Maybe we can return. That's why Andy Reid, Andy Reid, man, that's his philosophy. Let's get these guys out of here. Hey, there is a, let's get these guys out of here before they go down. That's that's the old Bill there Walsh is, way. There's right? a reason why they dangle them out there for two months. Right. And, you know, the only team that bit was in the division. And Bill Walsh did the same thing. Bill Walsh did with Ronnie Lott. They got rid Montana. of Ronnie Lott and yeah. Roger Craig and Montana. And, right, right, right. You know. It's, it truly is unbelievable. And and also, uh, <laughs> Barty, I'm going to tell you this right now. And I understand that uh, there may be higher flow chart situations above above this for Thursday night football kickoff. Okay. okay? Uh, we cannot have a book cowboy conversation anymore. I'm telling you this right now. We can't. Oh. We cannot. We absolutely cannot they're have a last. Dallas Cowboy conversation. They're dead last. Dead last you don't think in, it's interesting? What they're, de- uh, no, they're dead last in the <laughs> NFC. Unless you want to have, but a, how are we having Bill, Viking conversations? Unless you want to uh, Viking conversations because they have the they, same record as the Lions. No, no, no. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. The Vikings. Let me give you this. The Vikings go home and take on Arizona, which is a, an absolute disaster right now. Win. Okay. No but hold on a minute. That's three. It's three and five. Right. Then they go to Chicago. That's going to be a very difficult assignment. I understand. It's a winnable a throw, game, but it's a winnable game. Favre, we know, has, has some magic against the Bears, all right? It's a winnable game. Let's just go ahead and give them that. Okay, hold on a minute. They're 4-5 and five with the 6-3. and three. We're going to give the, the Packers a win against the 1-7 the Dallas Cowboys, who they, they, they will be after that game. And I mentioned that because Jerry Jones called them 1-7 after last week's loss to make them 1-6. But 6-3 uh, and three Packers against the 4-5 and five Minnesota Vikings, right. they have a chance to win that game and even the season series against the Packers and go one game behind them. That is a feasible roadmap to the Vikings becoming relevant again. And the Randy Moss trade, twenty-six. did Randy Moss release 26 days after he has been acquired, is a fat, juicy piece of red meat that does deserve to be discussed nationally. The Cowboys are 1-6 and six with their Pro Bowl running quarterback gone for at least the next month. At least, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, I'm not done. They are going to be 1-7 by the end of this week. They are irrelevant until they become two games under 500 or fire their coach. We cannot discuss them, as far as I'm concerned. Fans don't want to hear it, and I don't want to talk about it I guarantee you, I guarantee you this Sunday there will be at least one Cowboy discussion. Sunday game day morning. Guarantee it. I already told Charlie Yoke, I don't want to hear it. We can't have it. What are we going to talk about? How do, you, talk about? how do you fix the Cowboys? Well, uh, you, uh, we've talked about it for a month. How do you fix the Here's Cowboys? I'm going to ask you. If you're, if you're, fire you're, everybody. If you're Jerry Jones, you fire everybody? No. You, you, can I break? Can you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me talk. Hold on. If you're this adamant about it right now, yeah, that's I, a good thing. No, but I'm adamant, I'm adamant about not talking about it anymore. Can't talk about it anymore. 
I think you I, can't, them, I, mean, I guarantee you they're will put one them, in six. They are Notre Dame football. How about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? You will put them to bed this Sunday morning. How about this? They're in bed. They're in bed. Are they tucked away? The bed bugs are biting. The nights. It's night night. It's night night. It's night night. We've read them a book. We've given them a glass of warm milk. It's night night. But we will see you. We will see no. you. We will see you at the Super Bowl when you are going to be probably the most gracious and, uh, and hospitality ho- hospitable host the Thumbs Super up. Bowl has ever seen. You don't think it's a va- it's a vowed discussion? We will see you at the Super Bowl until something happens. If you make a move with your coach. Or somehow, well, some good. way, you make a move and you're suddenly two games under 500. Other than that, I would love to see a national moratorium on this discussion. We've got a – how about this? An AFC West game this week. Unbelievable. The Chiefs and the Raiders. Oh, uh, old school. This right? is old school. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. Don McNabb and Randy Moss knocked those guys off the headlines. you know how many tweets I got? Complaining about uh, the, the the Raiders got two plays on NFL game day highlights. Oh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was two coming. plays they got. Talk to Chris Words. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing a highlight supervisor there. under the bus. Don't go there. You threw the highlight supervisor under the bus. Here's, I hear what you're saying about the Cowboys, but this is it's, it's now Wade Watch. I mean, that's really all. It Wade is. Watch. He's not going to fire him. But I mean, Wade Watch when he is talking is unwatchable. Because he's such a sweet, he's nice so man, so you don't want to see it. The fact that he got asked in a press conference I, 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 on I, I, Monday, I, I, do you I, think? Do you think you're the coach for this team? What is he going to say? No. So of course he says yes. And the follow-up question is why? He was actually asked that. Talk about disrespectful. No doubt. Asked why? Why are you the coach for this team? Because I'm the freaking coach right now. That's why. I mean, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable, and I don't want to give it much more voice anymore. So I'm making this pitch to you Thursday night, certainly when we're in Atlanta, for Atlanta Ravens, right? Leading up to that big I can't, game, I can't imagine. big fat game on Thursday night football on NFL Network, the 1-7 Cowboys. Super Bowl preview, best maybe, not, maybe, They, they maybe. best not be within a mile of our rundown, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'm just telling you this right now. Yeah, I don't see it right now. But I'm not a soothsayer. If I, if I knew that stuff, I'd be taking my talents to... The desert. <laughs> you, you, that was like sort of a LeBron situation. No, that's why I said that's why I prefaced this by saying this may be further up the flow chart for even more than me and you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I understand that, but I'm putting that out there right now. And I already told Charlie Yook that. I told him that you were sitting next to mm-hmm. me. You did. When we were watching games. Yes. You were right there. Yeah, but he's got a, he's, when, he's in the when, when John Kitna threw his third pick and and Garrard went up. And over. Oh, wait, I screamed out but, Steve Pillar. Okay. Wait, we had to talk about and, it on And this. Jacksonville was done. Put the nail in the coffin. I turned to Charlie, our game day morning producer. I said, next Sunday, I don't want to hear a Cowboy conversation. I guarantee you'll have it. What other games do we have this week? We got I mean, a lot we got of great, games. We got great week we nine great games, games, We right? got uh, Miami's playing at Baltimore this week. Uh, we got the uh, we got Monday nights is an important game for Cincinnati. It's their last stand. Um, That's worked out. Yeah. <laughs> that worked out. And Jets, 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 Watch yeah. out! What happened to them? How do you come do you off, of bye week? Bye week. off a bye week? Wow, their court. You know what? He he wasn't very good. The coordinator? No, no, no the, the quarterback wasn't Quarter- very good. Hey, you know the bottom line is, I good. think he probably just this year, in terms of regular season starts, surpassed the number of starts he had at USC total. Yeah, yeah you're right. Man, so again, right. sometimes he's, you gotta be. Sometimes you gotta playing, remember. Right? He's 23. Right. He's going to be up and down. Yeah, he's been playing great so far. But do you pin that on him, or do you pin that on the coordinator? Well, I, 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 Schottenheimer is going to have to figure something out about the running game because that defensive line 
from mm. the Lions is going to get after you if you're not paying attention. They they are they are playing their butts off. Lions right are now. a fun team. Right. I never thought watch, I'd man. say that. They're they really fun. are. They're, they're good, good to watch. Pieces. They have Jabin good pieces. Best and as long Calvin as, Johnson, yeah, I mean, Stafford, Stafford's got to stay healthy. They, get, they good, yeah, have good, uh, good See, kick return we're game. Talking lines. We're talking Leo. Lions. Right now. See, like, this is the like stuff. GM. We're be, back. But the Rams are 4-4. Four four. The Rams are 4-4. Four four. Yeah. The Bucks are 5-2. and two. The Bucks are playing Atlanta this week. That's Bucks, a big they game. Bucks at Atlanta. That's a huge game. 5-2 yeah, versus 5-2. Big game. For the two teams. Hey, Who's the best team in the NFC? Right there, you got the coach saying I, I think it's we're a, the best team in the I NFC. I think it's the Giants. I think it's the Giants. We're in we're in Seattle, by the way. That's two division leaders facing it's, one another in week uh, nine. Always a tough game out there. It's always a wacky game. All right, off a of bye, travel like three thousand miles. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. This is why I'm talking about on Sunday game day morning. This is all good stuff. The NFL has all these outlets. We have a podcast. We have dot com. We've Raiders. got game day morning, game day final, game day yet. NFL media. Catch the fever. Catch the fever. Meanwhile, VLT didn't show up. No, I gave the whole I gave the I whole know. pitch on it. Didn't, didn't show up. Right, well, we're gonna do. Now you know how Dan Marino feels. We're gonna take a picture with it and we'll put it up on Dan. the. Uh, on the <laughs> how Dan Marino felt. <laughs> nice. VLT never showed up. Never showed up. I know. Never showed up, man. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think Mike Ditka, the Mike Ditka setup for your usual NFL replay. Um, let it rip. Uh, pr- promo. Let it rip. Here we go. Hold on a minute. Okay, what are the What are the games? I don't even know the games. I don't even. What are the games? <laughs> I don't even know the games. I heard one, by the way. They played it the other. Guys on the desk played it the other night. What? There's the one that guys. We just became a team yeah. today. Well, we played it on the show. Thanks for watching. I don't. Know. What do you mean? We played a clip of uh, Ditka in a game day final. We became a team. You know, all the great locker room speeches. That is one we of the great ones. We became a team. We became a team. My favorite was uh, the the barrage when he was with the Saints. All the reporters were asking him. I think they were circling the drain at like one and eight. Yeah. You know, is this guy going to play? No. Is this guy going to play? Yes. Uh, what's wrong with this guy? Yes. You seem like you're in a bad mood, Mike. What's it to you? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be in a bad mood, too, if you're one and nine. Oh, yes. All right. So what are the right. games where uh, NFL replay this Pirate week? Pirate ship v. Desert Wren. Pirate ship v. Desert Red. That's that? uh, that's that's Bucks Arizona. Yes, what a game. Yeah, Floon and Warm right Uh Horn Norseman leftist insurgents at nine fifteen. Uh Vikings and Patriots. So for you Randy Moss fans yearning for uh, a second chance in Minnesota, soak it in. Uh his last can you believe I can't believe it was his last game in the Vikings. We haven't even talked about like where he's gonna go. That's because we don't know. That's true. And uh, this podcast will be it, terribly gonna, dated if we start talking about They're gonna be like twenty way. teams are gonna go after him. So okay. What, what, Wednesday, so, Native Americans versus King of the Jungle, with Sue and Best <laughs> wired up. Indomitian uh, and Sue and Javid Best wired up. That's gonna be great. Lions Sue. against Lions against the uh, Redskins. Yes. Okay. And Thumbtack the, Electric Company is the last. Game. <laughs> what is what? what Thumbtack. Thumbtack is the Titans symbol, okay. uh, and, and electric, uh, company. electric Company the is, is the Chargers. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to get on uh, on on the Stecklow, who said he would bring VLT over during okay. this conversation. But uh, but you guys already got your pictures with them, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're playing ahead. Uh, Bardia, I will see you this weekend after an NFL game day morning that is Cowboy discussion free. Oh, I'm going to do my level best. I will. I will, I will wager you. I'm going to do my. Le- you wager me that it's not. Yeah. What do you want to wager? What's, what? Why uh, we can't uh, do dinner on the road. Dinner on sure. the road. When we go on the road, starting sure. week ten. Sure. For, I mean, uh, your pay grade is a little north than uh, mine, so like steak and shake from yeah. Whatever you want. Okay. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. So you're already conceding. No, no. Whatever you. No, I'm not conceding. I want to make it a fair. Whatever you think is fair. Okay. Whatever you think is Take fair. Take your shakes awfully good. 
And then, Come on, man. Play to your audience. Papa John's is where we're going. That's right. Papa John's. Papa John's. We can go to order online. All right. That's uh, that's it for the hot. What do you got? What are you pointing at? I was, I was hoping to see Brett Favre maybe driving Brad Childress to the airport, oh, dropping him off. Oh. <laughs> You're talking about we've got the, the live shot of the Minnesota Vikings facility. The catering department. Now, by the way, there's a good tweet on your part. Oh, thanks, there. bud. What is your Twitter handle? Get it out there for uh, people to follow. Bshaw23. B. Shaw, S-H-A-H, right. 23. 23, because you're a Mattingly because man. Because I'm a Mattingly God guy, bless yeah. you. And you are worth... Worm underscore 6-6. Six, six. How many followers do you have now on Twitter? Uh, in the hundreds now, yeah. In the I, hundreds. I, but you know what? I'm international. You are international. I, yeah. The Brits love you, man. The Brits. Because you got, talk soccer. You talk their football. We were, we were talking soccer, and like one guy was like, wow, you know a lot about soccer. Yeah, because I get to watch more games than you do, which is the truth. They have those restrictions. Are you taunting people from yeah, across was, the pond I was, now? I was. I was. was you're, you're, you're like eight time zones away, and you're taunting these people. Yes, eight time zones. Yes. All right. That's the worm and Barty Shiraz talking uh, hot topics here on the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John. Pizza! Rolls on with Will Ferrell next. Pizza! Straight cash only. NFL Fantasy Live, your home for fantasy football. With a 90-minute live show every Sunday leading up to kickoff. With our interactive controls, you choose which segment to watch. That's been his three-year average. Who is going to cover them? Get back to what made you good. Or go live as our fantasy experts help you set your lineup for the day. All those are interesting options. Get the last-minute edge over your competition. NFL Fantasy Live, Sundays at 1130, exclusively on NFL.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We've already had Heinz Ward of the Pittsburgh Steelers on the program and talking about Randy Moss and uh, Donovan McNabb, like uh, North Korea, just got the bomb. I mean, it's a big story in the NFL, but uh, uh, we're going to place some of that aside right now and have a chat with uh, a man who I'm very excited to have here on the podcast. He is the uh, star of Megamind that's coming to a theater near you this Friday, November 5th, Will Ferrell on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Will, thanks for taking the time. Rich, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate on that. On the podcast. <laughs> how many, how, is it different doing a podcast than a junket? I mean, is it different? Or it, is it feels a little more intimate. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, it feels... Yeah. Uh, it feels it feels more special, frankly. I appreciate that. I, I've not done many podcasts. I got to say, this might be. Is this a first? This might be either my first or second. Well, I know Dan Patrick podcasts his conversations. Right, but so see, that's not. He repurposes. This exactly. Is, this is just for one purpose. This, this is, is straight to the podcast. This no is other uses. Straight to podcast. <laughs> You're going straight to podcast today. I don't know if that's good for you. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if this is a good sign. Well, no, it's a good sign. I mean, okay. we're we're on NFL.com. You know, there's lots of people. <laughs> Out there. No, I'm excited, and uh, and ever since we met, I think didn't we meet on the sideline of the SC Notre Dame game? We did meet. We met way before or that. Did we actually, meet way before that, we met at the 1998 ESPYS. Oh, was that the first ever? ESPYs? It was the well for it was. Was your, that the Radio City one? It was the Radio City one where you did Harry Carey. That's where I got banned. You did I get did banned. Got you, banned from ever doing that again. You pissed off every executive <laughs> at ESPN that night. I heard that it, I, that. That that display of comedy was later referred to for years and years as yeah. don't ever have that happen well, again. Well, you, you went up there uh, as Harry Carey. Yes. And uh, I think you told John Elway to fix his teeth. Right. right? He, and he was only, you know, a two-time defending Super Bowl champion quarterback at the time. 
Now, keep in mind, I didn't write any of this. Well, from, I, I delivered it. You de- well, you delivered it, and I approved it, but I did not <laughs> think of it. I don't think the the uh, Bristol executives approved it because <laughs> you also told you also told uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. that his dad was way better than him. Right. <laughs> I also said Tiger Woods one of the one of the top like ten black golfers. Yeah, in I the think world. actually yeah. the best thing. No, I, you, yeah. you, you were you went even better. You said the top three or four. <laughs> <laughs> best black golfers in the world, and then and then yeah. just to put the cherry on top, because uh, I'll never forget this. Right. You put the cherry on top because I was watching from my my Muppet Show like perch on the okay. side of Radio City Music Hall. They always okay. put me, you know, like the right. the two old guys, Stuart Scott <laughs> sure. and I were up there sure. uh, in the perch watching this thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, you then put the cherry on top. Said the ESPYs are all fixed anyway. <laughs> oh my oh, yeah. god, that was great. That was a good night. That was a good night. And you were you were banned. You were banned. I, I remember. I, I, w- I won't name this executive because I'm I, I I'm I'm still tight with some people in Bristol. Of course. You know what I mean. Yeah. I mean there's yeah. no there are no burn bridges no. here. No. Uh, but they they said that uh, we'll never have Will Ferrell back. <laughs> you know what's great though? I little did I know mm-hmm. it created such a ruckus, and then over the years it's been it slowly leaked out to me. That was uh, that was devastating. Yeah, we met we met at the after party oh, that night right. at the Grand Havana room. And I didn't. Re- I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom and? at that after party. Well, and how did he did he talk to you? Did he just you... said hi. He just kind of looked at me and gave me a head nod. I was like, hey. He had to know it was you because you weren't in the glasses and the, the outfit. He had to know. Yes. But, but boy, he could have he could have given me a forearm shiver there. <laughs> He could have rammed my head he into was a, the. Uh, he's a big man, and he's you know he's a hand dryer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but you've been back, obviously. Anyway, yeah, I've been back been, on since. Apparently, I've, it's all good now. I've restored my reputation, but but uh, I started off with a historic. It's uh, all good. Yeah, we yeah. had Pete Carroll on the podcast last week, and 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 part of the reason why we were able to meet right. on the sideline of USC because he is yeah. he 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 would have you out there all the time. He would have us, and now um, not so much. Not now, not so much. No, no, I'm not you allowed. Been, you haven't been banned from there, have you? No, no. I was just at the game Saturday, in fact. And? Uh, and we lost. I know that. Right. But did but you... I, and I was in the 77th row. I was literally in the last row. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath the press box. Which was great, because you're just, you're wedged up there, and no one can really... But people had to say, I mean, people say, why are you all the way up here? I, they, they have it, to know. It was, it was good news, bad news. Mm-hmm. The good news, your, your seats are on the 50. <laughs> But you're on the 77th row. But you're watching from Irvine. Yeah, you're. you're the blimp has a better angle than you do. Yeah, and 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 the the uh, the Coliseum had poor amenities for 1950. Oh. <laughs> that you know that you know. actually I went with two of my my buddies from from SC and mm. we we were commenting on the fact like wait why didn't this place get renovated and uh, and we were discussing how Al Davis was going to do it back in the day. Right. And he had proposed because the earthquake had just happened, and they had to retrofit it. And I think for for twenty million more, they could redo the whole thing. But uh, but they didn't. No, and now so, it probably costs two hundred million. F- yeah. for just a week of that yeah. stuff. Do you yeah. think the the now? I think the NFL would be very popular here in Los Angeles, don't you think? Well, I just I th- I find it hysterical that now how many years has it been? Oh gosh, now you're putting me on the spot. Since the Raiders left, it's it's going been a on, long time. Are we going on twenty? Uh, I think we are. We yeah. have to. But isn't that amazing? The second largest market, maybe it's the first largest. No, we're two. We're still two. Yeah. We're still number, we're number two. two. We're number two. <laughs> we're number two. Well, um, and we still can't get a football team. And I, I just find it 
hysterical. But I think people out here, because a lot of, you know, L.A. gets a bad rap. That we, we arrive late, we right. leave early. Yeah. But I think uh, you, when you go to USC games, I mean, when, when I first moved out here, it could have been that night when I, when I, when I saw you there. Yeah. It was an, a Notre Dame game. And and it was it was packed. It was jammed. Yeah, a threat of rain too, which, was, which uh, you know we treat like it's a foot of snow out here when the <laughs> rain hits the ground. So and it was people were going crazy. People were going crazy, and uh, it was it was a pretty healthy turnout for the for the Oregon game on Saturday too. So uh, I yeah I think L A I, I think football would do well here, but but. Uh, but yeah, we just can't get it going. No, yeah. we first of all you need a place an actual you, you place. You do. You need a stadium. Yeah. Have you uh, been to a Super Bowl, Will? Uh, I've I've never been to a Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go this year? Uh, we can fix you up. It's well, Dallas. I know. I'm, oh, yeah, it's at the big. Now I've heard the big the video board there is distracting. <laughs> I, I just heard that potentially you you tend to watch the board rather yeah. than the actual play on the field. Well, that that you know when it stretches from one twenty yard line to the other. Is that a reflection of Jerry Jones' ego at all <laughs> in any on any level? I don't know. We haven't okay. put him on the couch, but I think okay. you know. The reason why I was told he did that is because so many people like watching football on their own television that right. they just put the hugest ass high definition TV in the stadium, saying, "Come here and still watch the game on TV if you want." Were they like, Jerry? We think it's too big. I don't care. Make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is that the, when we punt the ball, it's actually going to hit the scoreboard. I don't. No one will care about that. <laughs> No one's no, actually, no, no one will punt it that high. No yeah. one will notice. Yeah, it'll never, it'll never happen. Um, but uh, well, maybe, maybe I try to make it this year. Hey, hey, listen, Will, I'm going to put you on the spot. We it's can being pushed, it. right? Now, if they add 18 games, yes. the Super Bowl will be played on St. Patrick's Day. Is that correct? <laughs> it would. It would be a very okay. Irish Super Bowl every March 17th. year. March mm-hmm. 17th. <laughs> it would be. I think President's Weekend is probably more like a. That would probably be the 17th of, of February. But, yeah, oh. that, that, they would push it deeper into February. Gosh. That would definitely happen. Well, so now the mega mine that's coming out this yes. Friday. Let's yes. talk about your film. Let's promote this film a let's, little bit here. Let's talk about this. Uh, it's an animated movie. It is. It's an animated extravaganza from DreamWorks. Right. Now, do you you just by yourself in a studio sort of like me right now? I feel uh, like I'm talking to myself right I now. I am by myself with you know, with people looking at me through, through a glass. Yeah. Are people looking at you right now? Rich? Uh, yes. No. And they're undressing me. It's very disconcerting. That's weird. I am freaked right now. Um, yes, we, uh, you, you know, you record your, uh, um, your, your sections by yeah. yourself. There, there's another actor in the booth with you kind of to read the other parts, but, but, uh, but for some reason, right. So, um, so like Brad Pitt's in new Orleans and he's somewhere else and Tina Fey's in New York and, and you know, and you're holding down the fort. I'm holding down the fort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, you just kind of you kind of do your your stuff, mm-hmm. and then they put it all together, and it makes it look like you were acting with each other. What does the Bieber have to do with this? I saw uh, uh, Jay Biebs. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Biebs just rolled. He just rolled into the premiere. That's just, it. Just to make an appearance. Yeah, I was there with my kid at the carnival, and, oh, you, and okay. I, you know, I was going to come over and say Why hi. Why did you but, come and pull well, my shirt? Because you, the press line was like was eighty yards 80, long. It was crazy. And you, it took you about an hour to get through it. And oh, I have a two-year-old, and, yeah. and saying, "Daddy's waiting for Will." Our it kids. Did, uh, did you? By the way, our kids witnessed uh, another boy uh, barf up blue cotton candy. <laughs> did you see anything like that? Half the room was made of blue food. By the way. <laughs> I know they're trying to get into the Megamind thing. You know, Megamind is blue with a big blue head, but there are blue cupcakes. Blue cupcakes. Blue cotton candy. Oh. 
And for a two-year-old, that wasn't good. It was, you know, it was a very blue evening for for me. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not surprised to hear that report from the field. Yeah, but I did that, not see that. That no. happened. Um, I also was. Uh, <clears throat> I was also stiff-armed by a reporter for the AP, the Associated Press. Yes. As she saw Justin Bieber, kind of. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm about to talk to her, yeah. and he walks to my side. She literally knocks me out of the way to talk to him. Right. Uh, which I, I don't, I don't blame her. Um, <laughs> it's Jay Beebs. And, uh, Jay Beebs. And uh, he's the best. He's bagging on Brady's haircut, by the way. Did you? He, <laughs> Is he? Yeah. He's like in some I sort of. I don't think he can do that. He's like, and, and so in all seriousness, not that I, I don't uh, download the Jay Beebs. <laughs> I'm not, you know, right. I'm no, not locked. Either. I'm not locked into yeah. what he does. Right. Um, I heard he's big with the kids, <laughs> but, but he's bagging on Brady. But yeah, in like, in, but in rap. Oh. First of all, I didn't know he raps. <laughs> then secondly, I don't know. I, it, it's not West Coast. I mean, because he's Canadian, right? No, he's I mean, Cana- yeah, he's from the. Uh, he's out of the TO, I think. So, but he yeah. he did. I was there with my wife and my son outside, uh, waiting. You know. Uh, uh, at this carnival, and he comes walking by with about five handlers, right? And all he says, he just looks at my kid and goes, "Sup, <laughs> <laughs> two-year-old." He goes, "Sup." Uh, I'm like, "Okay, that's okay. great." But I, I was jealous of the hair. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I think he he was very excited about his maple leaves. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not not the Argonauts. Well, I was going to say, the, or the Hamilton Tiger Cat. There you go. Um, the fi- nothing gets Jay Beebs more. F- Fired up than the 55-yard line, I don't think. <laughs> three downs. He's all about three He's downs. He's all about the rouge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, no, that was it was big to have him there. Yeah. And to have uh, – uh, but it is it is quite an ego check when all the photographers, as you do the press line, mm-hmm. are, you know, at one moment yelling your name, and then every single lens just just goes to his direction. It's and the- they – they're, they're freaked out. They don't care if you're there anymore. Makes you want to vomit up blue food. And, right. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have crapped out something blue and thrown it at, at them. Yeah. Flinging that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great notion. So. So uh, let me ask you about some other movies of yours that I'm a big fan of. Okay. A- Anchorman. Let's yes. start with that one because right. uh, many times in my job, uh, you know, when I panicked um, <laughs> and I just look up at the teleprompter. Your first thought is to actually read whatever is on the teleprompter. Sure. You know, and I've read I've read lead-ins that I've written for two hours ago. I've done I've done. So when when you had him, uh, yeah, read read the, verbatim right. off of the I, that could not have been more spot on. By the way, well, that was, that was uh, spot on. Yeah, that was one of our uh, <laughs> when we were writing the script. We were like, this guy, you know, he's going to be the perfect reader. Uh, but if anything changes, he's, he's forget it. It's over for him. And uh, we thought, oh, wouldn't that be the best kind of plot twist that that someone, in an effort to uh, to mess with them, types types in a fantastic. Yeah, that happens all the time. The f bomb in there. The f bomb. He just he just delivers it very, <laughs> and is also uh, oblivious to the fact that he's just done it. They have to replay the tape for him. I've done that too, where I've said, where, where producers get in my ear and say, "You just said this." I'm like, "No, I didn't. I swear I didn't." Um, but I would remember the f bomb if I now, ever dropped one. Wait, of those. Rich, I have to ask you this, and I know you're not affiliated with the network, but ESPN mm-hmm. keeps playing this thing we taped a long time ago yeah, when we I did. That. Yeah, I remember that. This uh, Ron Burgundy talking about the 
the new network, Espen. Right, Espen. And then, how and how it's going to be a, what, a cultural and disaster or something? Something like that. <laughs> but they keep loop playing it on, like, ESPN News. And I'm curious as to why they See, keep... that's what happens. When you give them an inch, they'll take a yard yeah. in Bristol. I mean, believe me, I love it, but... And again, let's not forget, you were banned in 1998. <laughs> Talk about the phoenix rising from the ashes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where did you get Afternoon Delight from? Why did you choose that song um, to, to harmonize you know, in that one? Do you remember? Uh, I, I, God, I don't remember how we... No kidding. We picked that song specifically. It just was... Uh, we, we were just listening to so much 70s and, and late 60s music at that time that that... Uh, uh, I knew, I knew that when Adam and I were, I was like, we we should just break into song for no reason at some point yeah. in the movie, and uh, and we landed on on that song for some reason. I love it. But uh, and and yeah. uh, Paul Rudd has been on on NFL Network many times. Okay. Uh, a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. And, sure. Uh, he one time when he came by, handed me a DVD called Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Oh yeah. The lost movie. That's the lost. That's the whole second movie we edited out so of you, the... You, you just shot so much stuff. We shot so much stuff, and we also had to cut out a, an entire plot from the original movie, because because uh, we, when we first sh- uh, sh- showed the movie, you know, they test these movies, and we got a um, we got a 50, which means 50% of the people like it, and 50% of the people hate it. That's not good. And usually in comedies, you want to get around the, in the 70, 75, and if you're, if you're getting up in the 80s, people are like, whoa, this is One scene in that in the Wake Up Ron Burgundy with the cannibalism scene. No, the the David Keckner was the yeah. uh, the sports guy was right. in the back seat right. of the car, and you and Paul Rudd are up front. Right, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen yeah. anywhere. Talking about how he misses me, uh, just uh, nonstop, and he misses my musk. And- <laughs> <laughs> I still cry. He's revealing this whole side of himself that we just are ignoring. A little too much. Yeah. He yeah. reveals too much of himself. Yeah. And the fact but you're sitting up front stone-faced with Paul and, and uh, Carell in the yeah. back seat, stone-faced, like yeah. you're not reacting to him. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> no, how does that, that in the mo- audience was just chilled. How did that not make that. the movie? Yeah. I, I, you, it didn't. That you had to cut that? Is we that, had to cut that, yeah. An outrage. Yeah, an outrage. That was one of the funniest things I I've ever seen. Now we, we need to repurpose that movie with that scene, I think. Yes, especially since Rudd told me that it was so hot in the car he had no pants on. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, and it, are you done making sports movies, or are, are, do you still have one in the bag that you want to bring out several more films into your career, Will? I, um... I've still got no. Um, <laughs> I don't have any. No, as of yet. I know Dan mentioned Highlight being the, the that you. Hi, we one. talked about Highlight. Uh, you know why not? I hear you. Why not Highlight? Uh, I no. I I I'm I I don't really. 
I don't. I, I'm, I'm. I've got a moratorium. You got a moratorium on the on the sports <laughs> franchise. Been banned from the sports yeah. franchise for the time being. Well, Blades of Glory. I, I loved Semi Pro. I thought that was hilarious. Jackie Moon. Sure. Uh, that was great. And uh, Ricky Bobby, obviously. So, Do you have a favorite out of all of them? Um. Oh, you know, I was pitched. I got. A, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was pitched at the at the U.S. Open tennis tournament. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a a movie. Um, Stephen Baldwin came up to me. Right. Uh, a slightly sweaty Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> and <laughs> is that redundant? And that, no, that is actually uh-huh. you're right. And uh, and it feverishly pitched me a movie about the world of the line judge. Mm. Yeah. That because that's uh, you. Have, you have the same reaction that I did. <laughs> a, uh, just mm. a light. Mm. I mean, seriously, because uh, umpire, change, I, I can see. Subject to how often do you come to this? <laughs> uh, are you a big tennis fan? So would the third would the would the third act of that uh, film be a footfall? I don't, what, know, be, I don't know. An untimely footfall. He just was, got so excited about what is goes on inside the mind of, of, line of a line judge. Hmm. <laughs> That'd be like a back judge in the NFL. Oh, oh, and I know what it was. He, he, there was, he was talking about it with whoever was at thing, and then they, they were, they were going through a list of actors who, who would be the guy. And they're like, well, it's got to be Will Ferrell. And then lo and behold, you're up on the video screen, and I had to find you. Oh, he found you. Yeah, he found me in the Arthur Ashe Tennis in Center the, uh, in the uh, the CBS box. Ah, yeah, that's the way you roll at yeah. the U.S. Open. I hear you. I could not let you go without bringing up uh, more cowbell, Will. Yeah, how crazy is that? The sketch of of requiring more cowbell yeah. uh, with uh, on Saturday Night Live. Can you can it's, you give me uh, a bit of a backstory uh, on this? Well, with uh, Christopher Walken, I right. got, played uh, a big time producer, and uh, yeah, please take it from there. Well, give me some backstory on here's, this. Here's the backstory. I always used to listen to the to uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, mm-hmm. Blue Oyster Cult. And uh, I was the, was a fan of that song, and, and if you listen to it, you can hear a faint cowbell in there. And I always wondered, what what is that guy doing? Is that does that guy get any praise? Does does he does he ever talk to the guys and say, hey, maybe let me get on this this song? And they're like, okay, you can play on this one. Like, what's what's going on in his head? And I always thought that'd be make a funny sketch. So I wrote the sketch, and it was. I tried it out earlier in the year, and I think Norm Macdonald had come back to host. And mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, it, it, it played for some laughs in the room, but right. and Lauren was like, "Is that song famous for the cowboy? <laughs> oh, what's the point of that sketch?" And and no one quite got it. So then I almost just just shelved it forever. And then Walken hosted later in the year, uh-huh. and I thought I'm going to try this one more time and have Walken play the the guy, <laughs> and it was insane and uh i just kept writing all these lines all those lines of like you know uh you know i got a fever for more cowbell and so then (laughs) the only prescription yeah (laughs) i put my pants on one leg at a time but i wear gold i don't know but gold-plated records or or something like that but uh so he (laughs) he does it and it's a brand new sketch almost and uh and we did it. Even then, it was at the end of the show, and right. we do it at the dress rehearsal, and it just kind of explodes. And then, and, and you moved it up, and they moved, moved it up to be one of the top sketches oh, for the live show. And then, even then, though, it just became like, oh, that was really funny, uh, you know. And 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 and, but then subsequently, it's obviously had 
a life of his own to the point where I saw Christopher Walken at a uh, uh, last May this this past May mm-hmm. I was in New York I saw him on Broadway doing this this play and I I went backstage to say hi and he said I just want you to know you've ruined my life I people come at curtain call and play cowbells. They yell out more cowbell when I make my entrance. <laughs> of all the movies I've done, this is the only thing I'm known for now. <laughs> so, but all well, with a smile on his face. Oh, well, that's good. Thank well, you. Because but... he could be quite frightening, I'd imagine, if he's not uh, smiling. But, uh, yeah, kind of insane. Oh, my gosh. That's, it couldn't be fun. I mean, Jimmy Fallon's cracking up. Yeah. Everybody's cracking up. Every, no Your one... gut's showing. I mean, it, it all just dawned on us in the middle of the sketch of how insane. <laughs> The premise was, and the fact, and that Walken's getting each line, he gets progressively agitated. I got a fever, like he keeps punching it. We're like, what is going on? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Classic. So, Will, I appreciate you spending some time with me, man. This is a great lot of to fun. talk to you. A lot of fun. Good luck with Mega Mind and, okay. and 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 that tennis movie. I can't wait for that. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay. Will Ferrell joining me here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Will Ferrell, everybody. Uh, I just can't uh, get enough of him. That man is so... I mean, just he's one of those guys that you just look at him, and he's that funny. Not because he's funny looking, not to make that Goodfellas joke, but uh, how am I funny? It's just He's just hilarious. And a good guy, it sounds, too, right? And I couldn't be more pleased that he joined the podcast here. And everybody go see Megamind, November 5th, at a theater near you. That's where Will Farrell is. And Heinz Ward, I want to thank him, and I want to thank Mike Silver and Gus Tanucci. Poor Gus. Hopefully he'll get a little bit more business out of uh, out of that uncomfortable moment that he had in the Vikings locker room last Friday. I want to thank all those folks for uh, joining the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Follow me on Twitter at Rich Eisen. Also on Facebook.com slash Rich Eisen. You can follow this uh, podcast and uh, other Aspects of my blog, richeisen.nfl.com, also on iTunes. I want to thank everybody uh, who helped put this podcast together, Mike and Sarah on the uh, the audio room, and, of course, uh, Matt Lathrop, my producer, who, uh, who guarded this voiceover booth with his life today to make this podcast happen. Maybe it's a little bit more for that. That's a week eight podcast, everybody. It was a long one, but I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's.